following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. What kind of chair was it that you were going to give me? Uh, <laughs> as I put it in up. Yeah, no kidding. Good yeah. timing on that. Yeah. Uh, it was a, an older computer chair, but it was just not in good shape. It was already like it was already like kind of cockeyed. Oh, I would. You know, like, I would have yeah, destroyed just, that. I'm like, he's already wrecked one chair. I don't think I, we. I'm the guy in the subway commercial <laughs> that goes through hammocks and chairs, and I'm. I honestly thank you for not getting it just so you could see me do it because I yeah. can visualize I mean, you actually doing no, that. No, no. Look, we don't need you walking around town like Eeyore. Just, you know. <laughs> Going to have to go and do the thing that Breville's doing, the um, uh, Plan Z diet or yeah, something because yeah. that would have probably put me over the top. You're right. Hey, man. He said he's lost a lot of weight. He has. So works for him. He has. Good, Good for, for him. him. But, oh, man. All right, so God damn, we got a lot of shit. To we talk got, about, we dude. do. Um, I appreciate you getting a jump starter start on our basketball schedule because you kind of kicked me in the in the butt to kind of take a look and do some of that stuff. Well, dude, we're a month away. I know, you know, and I and I wanted it. to just, I just sure. kind of wanted to look and see because there's a few, you know, if I want to go to a Buck game right. or. Well, no, we need to get things on the calendar. Yeah. You know, yeah. you need to cross off days. What I I forgot to mention when we were talking about that before we started rolling. Can we play, I think this is the second or third or fourth year in a row, whatever it is. Can we find and talk to the people to do the scheduling to not have the Parker Craig boys game on the same day as Wisconsin and Marquette? Well, and not only that, it's a half. How about, how about have it? How about have the high school game at night? Like it's supposed to be on a Saturday night instead of worrying about the coach's nightlife or the people that are working the game's nightlife. I'm sorry. You signed up for it. That just should be part of the deal, guys. Exactly what I said to people at the station after I sent the email. And, 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 now I don't officially know how this works, but we do have an AD in Janesville now. Correct. Can't we move the game? I mean, I sent an email. As soon as I started putting this together... I, you had not sent me your stuff yet, but as soon as I put my stuff together, I went, are you kidding me? Because so often the Marquette-Wisconsin game time has is not announced, but you always tell me it's usually in it's usually it's, a day It's game. usually like a lot of times it's at 11. Or noon. Th- this year it's at 2.30, I think. Three. three. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's a little later, but. Craig Parker tip-off is at 2.30. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that, I'm like, well, we're two months away from this. <laughs> I sent an email to McCormick and Bredesen and Chris Nicholson, the Big 8 commissioner, mm-hmm. and I included the new AD from Janesville. And I just laid it out. I said, hey, we don't want to relegate this to an online broadcast. We're two months away. How about we put the Parker-Craig game at night so we can, at WCLO, your only media outlet in town now, that's, and really we've always ever been, but that's, that's one of our four most listened to games of the year. Craig Parker, boys, girls, both games. Yeah, yeah. We would like to do that and get the most attention to these programs and the most listenership and whatever. Can we move it to a night game? Chris got back to me right away and said, you know, thanks for bringing this to our attention. We'll we'll check it out. 
So, yeah, I hope I hope they do. The fire. I hope they do. And, and the Marquette Wisconsin game is one of the biggest yes games in the state. Right, it's one of the biggest and games that both teams will play all year. And there's a lot of fans of both that are going to listen. Yes, and you guys obviously we have are, to contractually. Are, well, even it. if you didn't have to. You would want to because yes. it's going to be one of your more listened to games, right? So that's in the fire. We'll we'll see what we can do with uh, high school stuff. We'll get to that at the back end if we're not tired of talking after Oof. a lot of stuff that we got to get to. You were sick last week, and we put one out two weeks ago, and then the week before that, I couldn't be. So it's it's been kind of an up and down. Uh, you said you got some feedback, and I wanted to ask you that uh, from this weekend. You said mostly good. So well, that means it wasn't all good. Well, no, I told you what the non... It was just that we yeah, are, yeah, yeah. We're, were not consistent. Yeah, um, this past weekend, I uh, went up to uh, Oostburg to uh, Buddy Chauncey and Ian Bames' uh, dad's memorial service. Very nice. Very very glad I was able to go to that. Um, but I, I talked to a lot of people that I hadn't seen in a while, and a lot of people brought up the podcast and said they listened to it or somebody had told them they should <laughs> listen to it. And then I had a Good. couple. Tell your friends. Yeah. Yes. And then I had a couple snide remarks of like, "Where the hell you been?" <laughs> you could probably imagine who they were from. Yes. Well, um, that's good. There are P one listeners, so that's yeah. So that's good. Absolutely. We so appreciate that. I, and we apologize. I'm glad you missed us. Um, you know, we we probably could have done one last week. We, you know, I kind of dropped the ball a little bit. I no. but I wasn't feeling a hundred percent. And I got um, dad stuff going on. This whitewater stuff is way more work than I ever anticipated it to be. So, yeah. I'm I'm more exhausted and that's why we're kind of looking at our basketball schedule and maybe reducing that for for coming up for the winter, but we can talk about that later. Let's get to stuff and a game that I So what times you get up? Uh, well, you know, my, time, well, the game started at eight, right? Eight thirty. Eight thirty. My okay. internal alarm woke me up. Well, at, you got kids anyway, so well, they were gone. I was bad. Oh, but I had a long ass day to and from Eau Claire the day before, so I was exhausted. Woke up at six, fell back asleep. Woke up at seven forty-five, ran a quick trip, got back, ate breakfast, sat down, turned the TV on, kickoff. It was, I. I'm not a huge fan of the whole going across to London and doing that stuff. It's it's neat that they do it, but I tell you what, I can get used to football at 8.30 in the morning. So that's kind of like being a West Coast Correct. NFL fan. And when Pete lived in San Luis Obispo doing his Pete and Joe show, he said it was so nice waking up having 10 a.m. games. Yeah, You know, you get some breakfast, the games are on, and then you got the rest of the day to do stuff. So, yes, exactly right. And well, I woke up about quarter to 10, so... Well, you missed the you missed the good part at least from a Packer perspective. It was all Giants by the time you probably turn in. But uh, first half was good, you know. Touchdowns to Lazard and Mercedes Lewis. The the play that they ran that was that was to to Big Dog for his first touchdown in a couple of years was so ingenious and nifty. I can't even describe it. It was like uh, student body right and a handoff and like a fake counter and whatever. And Rogers just kind of jump jump through back to his left. There was nobody around. It was like, yeah. this is the kind of stuff that I thought Lafleur was going to bring more often than not to this offense. This kind of stuff. This is the kind of stuff that I thought Christ would do at Wisconsin. Like, very ingenious things where it's like, they didn't know. The defense didn't know what the hell was happening, you know? Mm-hmm. You didn't see enough of that. And the run game got away from in the second half. This is becoming a pattern. McCarthy did it. And now Lafleur's doing it, and I don't understand because right now with that with Adams gone, Jones is your most explosive guy on offense. 
Dylan is a dude who should probably be getting like an old school Dorsey Levens, Edgar Bennett, 25, 30 carries a game, something like that, because he can handle the load, and you're not hitting downfield because you don't have the offensive weapons that you that you used to have. So it's like I I just don't understand what the thinking is. And then when you ask LaFleur, it's like he just feigns ignorance and can't explain what his thought process was, or, or at least he doesn't want to tell people. And I don't mean this because – Everybody knows my feelings on Aaron Rodgers. But is this a Rodgers thing? And I guess from a coaching perspective, are they are they gun-shy or hesitant to, quote-unquote, take the ball out of his hands? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not – maybe in fear of pissing him off, maybe. Or maybe in fear of, God, if we take the ball out of his hands, like we're taking the ball out of our best weapon's hands, why would we do that? To my knowledge, when the play comes in, he has an option to check out of whatever it is into a run or a pass, but those plays are predetermined by what Lafleur calls. So for every A play that they send in, there's a there's a B, whether it's run or pass or vice versa. So I guess you're saying don't let Rodgers make that decision? Well, well I don't know. Well, he, but he's. It's not like he's being. It doesn't seem like he's being. Well, I guess he is kind of being greedy. He's not. Yeah, he should. Maybe don't let him have that decision. Um, but from what from what Lafleur said in his post game, it's like we had to throw because we're looking at an eight man eight man box. Why would we run the ball? That's a setup for failure, which I understand. But then I also don't understand why you're at third and two or second and one or whatever and you're throwing 40 yards downfield oh, right. in double coverage. I don't think anybody's saying you need to run the ball three times and punt. No. You know, but, yeah, there's time There's time to throw in some runs. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's it's interesting because you're right. It, it's, it's, a, it's an issue that's not just unique to this regime. No. So that's why I wonder carryover there's, there's got to be something with Rodgers. And like I said, I'm not casting aspersions on him. Maybe they're fearful of his attitude, but maybe it's just more of – why are we, why would we why would we want to handcuff the best player in the league? Right. So That's, I don't and, know. And and you can tell on the series or like the quarters or the halves when they balance the offense how much more success they have. You can point to the number of plays that they pass heavy and run less, and the lack of success of success that they have. Well, and I guess the most head scratching part, particularly this season, is. You're winning these games. You're you're in the lead in these games, yes. which is when you definitely should be Start running to the run ball. heavy because the clock is your friend, Correct. right? It's not like you're chasing. No, um, but then you your know. defense lets the team back in the game, and then you can't do that. And that's that was the other thing that was glaring from the game. I don't know why Joe Barry hasn't seen any crossing routes and why defensive backs are playing so far off these second and third string receivers and stuff like. It just seems like they're lost out there, and I get Saquon Barkley is excellent, and Jones played out of his mind, and then he started running the ball, which nobody anticipated because of his bum ankle, but he just made, they all made the Packers' defense just look silly. I mean, really silly. Um, and then compound that with the with the inconsistency on offense, and I, it, the second half was an absolute disaster. Like, they, I, I don't understand what switch flipped, or what happened, but, I mean, it was it was bad, and they couldn't get it back. And like we were talking before we started um, recording, you talked about some of the young coaches in the league and the play calling, and maybe 
trying to do a little too much and really focusing on outthinking and outscheming the opponent when maybe it doesn't have to be that complicated. No. As, as Coach O'Leary would say, you don't have to overwork the BB. Just stick to what you know. Let the players do the work, and you know. Let it... one thing I do know. Um, I don't know how it happened. I would I would be curious. They got to that last drive to try and put points on the board at the end of the second half with all three timeouts in their pocket. Hmm. They didn't call any stupid timeouts because they got up to the line of scrimmage or were running out of time on the play clock. You know, in the first quarter or whatever. So they they had some really good clock management in the first half, and I think that's why they went up they went in up fourteen points. But second half was just so different, and I I don't get it. And well, there was a lot of blame to go around, and Lafleur took most of it. I I think um, the Packer defense is a little bit head scratching. Yeah, because they should be better than they've shown. Yes, um, they've had a hard time stopping the run. Um, but I'm not sure some of it hasn't been by design because they've been winning in the second half of these games. I think they've been a little more apt to give up the run. I also think after watching, I mean, I've watched way more Giants football this year than I have in the last four. Somehow I watched a bunch of them on week one when they beat the Titans. Obviously, I watched them last week against the Bears, and then I watched most, you know, parts of the second half this this week. They're a weird team to play against. Meaning, they have no receivers, really, right. to speak of. Like they don't really have anybody that's that good, and the ones that are kind of good are all hurt. Yes. So they don't really have any receivers. They don't really have like a a, a stud tight end. Saquon's ridiculous. Ridiculous. And Brian Dable has shown that he's a pretty innovative offensive mind because, like, they murdered the Bears last week with Daniel Jones and Barkley and and the run-pass option and play action and, um, you know, running some bootlegs with Daniel. They murdered the Bears with that. They just couldn't because you're so focused on Barkley because he's so good. And I think the Packers got burned a couple times with by Daniel Jones because they were so focused on Barkley. It's just, I don't know, it, the only other team I think that is a little bit similar to them is Tennessee because you got Derrick Henry and you're so focused on him and then all of a sudden Tannehill's doing shit. You're like, wait a minute, Tannehill? How? And then you get beat. So are the Giants good? I don't know. They're not bad. They're not bad, but definitely um, a game I thought the Packers would have yes. no problems with. And at halftime, when I saw the score, I was like, well, fuck, this game's over. <laughs> you know, they're going to win this game 30-13. to 13. But Well, I had them, I had them at this point um, with the same record. I just had them losing to Tampa Bay and beating New York. Okay. So this is... They're right on track for what I what I predicted through the first five games. So uh, still a little bit concerning that they lost this one, in my opinion. But you got the sense that the team was not thrilled about going over there. So well, everybody has to do it. I mean, and it, it was your you you know the Packers have held skated out by. the longest. Yeah, that's right. And then there was some post game locker room stuff. Like Michael brought this up when he was texting me afterwards because 
Aaron Jones was questioning the play calling when they got down there at four, a third and two or whatever, and they didn't run the ball at all. They chose two pass plays. They were both batted down at the line of scrimmage. Jairi Alexander not worried about the defense, but he said, now if we lose next week to the Jets, then there's something to be concerned about. And then Rodgers gets wind of that, and he calls him out in the media and saying, I don't think we need even to put that in the air in this locker room and even talk like that, so whatever. It's like there's just – and Bakhtiari – which I saw in the game and I didn't really make much of it until I started reading the tweets uh, and, and, and Michael brought that up. When he didn't play and Yash Diamond was on the field, Bakhtiari was sitting alone on the end of the bench by himself. Like not part of the team, like just kind of off well, his own little... He been part of the team in a pouting. year and a half. Okay, but why not get up there and support your guy? You know, you could go in at any minute. You never know. Yeah. But like don't... that That's a bad vibe over there. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of things in the air that you, you have to be a little bit concerned about. How do you feel about how Rodgers has played the first five games? Because his numbers are, are for him, pretty pretty average. Yeah. You know, he's kind of league average in yards and touchdowns mm-hmm. and things like that. But, like, how, how do you – how do you like? and I guess with Rodgers, you got to take the whole thing in. Like, attitude – Body language, um, but like we're after you know what we're basically almost a third of the way through the season. I mean, I think he's saying the right things. I don't. I don't think the body language is a problem. I think some of his decision making um, uh, skills have laxed a little bit. Um, what do you mean? Well, like the pick six that he threw that the guy absolutely demolished him on, what was it, a couple of weeks ago? Was it against Tampa Bay? No, they didn't score a touchdown that game. No, who was it? I can't remember. But, I mean, the guy read it. I mean, Rodgers should have seen it right from the get-go. He shouldn't have thrown that ball. These deep balls, I don't know what he's looking at. Is he counting on his receivers to make plays? Like, there's usually a corner and then a safety over the top. Like, are you used to guys, used to Adams doing this? Or, like, what, you know, and... A lot of it, I think, is the scheme that Lafleur might be handcuffing him a little bit because we're doing a lot of these out routes and bubble screens and stuff like that. You're not letting him attack the middle of the field around the hash marks. The Giants ran more crossing routes than the Packers did, and New York killed Green Bay's defense on that. We used to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. Can't we do that anymore? Watson's fast. Lazard's a good catcher. You don't even, I mean, Tanyan, he's found him a couple of times. DeGuara, they found him a couple of times. Jones, they used to split out. I just, mm, part of it, I think, is scheme. Part of it, I think, is decision-making. Like, why are you going for a home run ball on third and one when all you got to do is move the sticks and the guy ain't even open downfield to begin with? You know what I mean? It's like, I think, like Lafleur, you're kind of outthinking yourself. You know what I mean? Kind of scale it back a little bit. Do what you're good at. Do what you know, and and let because I don't think his skills have fallen off to the point where you need to be concerned. I just think it's it's some tendencies that just need a little bit of of correcting, I guess. But I'm not worried about it at all. So yeah, Christian Watson. I, I saw somebody tweet today. They basically gave up two second rounders to draft him to replace uh, Tyler Irvin. It's about how often he's being used yeah. and, and 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 what he's doing. Yeah. Yes, and, and 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 what production he's getting. So, uh, I don't even know who they play. Um, I don't even know who they play next week. Jets. Jets, that's yep. right. That's right. Yep. So, that's a noon game. I'm not worried about that. But like Jerry, Jerry Alexander said, and he's not wrong, if you lose that one, then there's cause for concern. Because the Jets just absolutely pounded the Dolphins. Granted, they were on their third quarterback. But we can get to that. Yeah. So, 
Um, I didn't watch much of the Minnesota Bear game. I watched a little bit. You and I were kind of texting <laughs> back and forth, and then I did see the end of it where Chicago had a chance. And then... Bad teams find ways to lose, man. Wow. Yeah. Um, got down big early. Minnesota got the opening kick, drove down, scored. Um, it was twenty-one to three at one point. The Bears were down, um, but then they fought back and uh, took a twenty-two twenty-one lead with I don't know five six minutes left in the game. Um, and then the Vikings drove down, scored a touchdown, got the two point. Um, so. This guy, I don't even, I don't even know his name. Some hyphenated name on the Bears. I never heard receiver. of him before. Apparently, he was at one time. I think last year he was on Minnesota. <clears throat> yes. So before the Bears on the drive, the Bears end up kicking a field goal to take the lead. Field scrambles for like a sixty-five yard touchdown, and this dude right in front of the referee gets called for a block in the back. I think the defender flopped, but you can't. Put yourself in that spot. So big play called back, cost them four points. Then at the end of the game, the Bears are driving. Um, Fields completes a pass to this guy. He gets a first down. He's on the sideline. All he's got to do is run out of bounds, stop the clock under a minute. Bears got no timeouts left. They need the clock stopped anyway. He would have had the first down. He cuts back inside, and the dude comes up behind him and just rips the ball out of his hands. Game over. Vikings win. Yes. Um. Yeah, I, I just that's one of those things where I'm like, just turn in your playbook. You're done. Like, <laughs> you're cut because you're not you're not good enough of a player for us to deal with that. You just cost the team potentially. Well, what two touchdowns? Yes, and technically the game and the if, game. If you're thinking yeah. about driving down and potentially winning, um, this Bears team is not very good. They are very shallow in the talent pool across the board. Um, Roquan Smith's a nice player, but I saw our our, our buddy Lauren on Twitter uh, throwing up some some clips. Um, he gets a lot of tackles, but there's plays that the big time guys typically make, and sure. he just doesn't quite make them. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Okay. I think Fields played well, actually. First game, I think, over 200 yards this year, which you yep. know people roll their eyes and laugh well, at, but it's it's a step. Yep. It's only his 15th start. He still hasn't started a full season's worth of games yet. Uh, but I thought, I thought his decision-making was better. I thought his pocket presence was as good as I've seen it, and I think Lauren said the same thing um, on Twitter. You know... <laughs> It's it's one of those things. Watching the Giants with Dable, and the Bears interviewed Dable for their head coaching job. Uh huh. And it's like, God, man, I would love to see that kind of creativity with Fields. Now, granted, he doesn't have a lot to work with, and he doesn't have a Saquon Barkley. Correct. But um, it, it's very tantalizing. But I will say. I've I've liked what I've seen from Eberflus as a head coach. Okay. I think he's got these guys. They they all seem to be pulling in the right direction. Like I said, they're very shallow on talent. They're not a threat to do anything this year. But as far as trying to build a culture and something going forward, I like what I've seen. They haven't had the stupid uh, after the whistle 
personal thought. Like, remember last year? Remember that guy after the whistle yes. against the Saints? Yes. Just like tapped the guy on the shoulder he and waited, and then he punched him in the head. And it's like, first of all, like, what? First, first of all, he's got a helmet on. Why are you punching him? I've never understood that. Second yes. of all, it's in the middle of the field, and that was a repeated occurrence last yes. year. There was no discipline. They they seem to be a more disciplined team this year, which at least makes it a more enjoyable team to root for. You're not watching a bunch of idiots just waiting for somebody to do something stupid. Now it's usually um, it's a it's a physical mistake as opposed to a mental mistake. I mean, I remember Coach Suter always said that I can I can live with a physical mistake, but it's 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 the stuff that you got to know above the shoulders that that I can't deal with. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, I, I'm pleased. But at the end of the day, they they, they stink. They're a bad team. They're a bad. <laughs> Football team, they're one of the five or six worst teams in the league. I don't know that there's much separation between the bottom five or six teams this year. Um, and you know what? I Like I've said all along, I'm fine with that. They need help. They need to build in the draft. And, um, you know, it is what well, it is. Well, you're fine because you knew what to expect and yeah. what was on the table this year. Yeah, and as I've said many times, my, my main thing this year was just watch watch the coach and see how he how he operates and then hope to see some improvement in fields. And I think even in the five games this year, I think you've seen steps. There's small steps. I don't I'm not saying this dude's ever going to be Patrick Mahomes, but you know, could he be a, a a Jalen Hurts? Maybe. Maybe. And you know, that can win you a lot of games and give you a shot. And as you've said many times, that's all you really want in the NFL is get in, get in, in and get in the tournament and have a shot. You never know. Packers won the Super Bowl that year from the sixth seed. Yeah. It can be done. They had to go on the road and win, and they did. Just get there. And and somebody loses. Somebody gets upset. Somebody, somebody gets, gets hurt. hurt. What happens? Know. All right. There's your Packers and Bears report from this past week. And you got a short game against yeah. or a short, a short week against the Commanders. Ugh. Washington, as you will call them, or are you still calling them the Redskins? The Comanches? No, oh, red. but that would be a good combination. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Thursday on Amazon Prime, which you found out that it's not as cracked up to be. And I yeah, my signal was shit this week. I turned it off. I well, I turned it off because number one, I couldn't watch Russell Wilson anymore. That was just that's our first game that we're talking about. Holy moly! The the AP story that I reported on on Friday from the wrap-up of how many field goals, third-down stops, fumbles, and some other terrible statistic. Like, reading all four of those things, it was just like, this sounds like the worst game ever. The guys on the local affiliate in Denver that showed the game, because you're allowed to do that if you're the home market, you can show the game. Oh, sure, yeah. They came on afterwards when the news came on after the game, and the sports guys, they go... For anybody that's still watching this channel, I apologize what we've just put you through. It's one of the worst NFL games I've ever seen. It was awful. Um, and and look, it the the Broncos' issues are not all Russell Wilson. They have a terrible head coach that doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. It's pretty obvious to me they hired that guy with the hope Hopes and a prayer that Aaron Rodgers was going to go there. Yeah. Because this dude's a disaster. He will not be their coach next year. You don't think he's he no. one and done? Yeah, this guy's bad. I mean, again, he screwed up 
this game by going by a stupid fourth down play inside the five. And again, they throw the ball with Russell Wilson, who I don't think has completed a pass inside the red zone all year or something like that. It's, it's ugly, but Wilson's been really bad, really bad. And yeah, he doesn't have great weapons, but um, he's the one that walked away from some pretty good weapons in Seattle. So I don't have a lot of sympathy there. No, he just, well, he just walked into money. Matt Ryan is washed. Yeah. That dude is a statue. And granted, they didn't have Jonathan Taylor, but that's a bad team. Who does Indy have in the pipeline at quarterback? Do they have anybody that is just waiting in the wings Sam to take this? Erlinger, I think, maybe. So, no. No. Nobody. No. Well, I mean, look what they've done the last couple of years. They went I know. They've Phil gone Rivers, to go get. I know. Wentz. Yep. Ryan. And I think Ryan's under contract for another year or two. Are they even drafting anybody? Well, they may, have to, they may have to this year. Yeah. But I, I tell you what, man, I feel bad for Bronco fans because you got five more years of, of Russell Wilson, and I don't think that he's going to be the kind of quarterback that when he's 37 is going to be a guy you want quarterback. No. No, not right. Not the way it looks right now. Well, and he doesn't want to run anymore either. So I, I, I don't know what to make of, of that team. I. I thought they were going to be better. I, I mean, I shit. I had them in you the AFC. In the I had them in the AFC Championship game, not because I think they're the, they were going to be the second best team, but right. just because of how the bracket fell. But this is not a playoff team. No, no. But neither are the Cardinals, and that was my bad pick. It looks like that was your bad pick. Um, all right, let's roll through these since we got a lot to get to. Uh, already half an hour in. Well, uh, Bills just steamroll the yeah. the St- Steelers. Pittsburgh's are, terrible. Yeah, and the reviews on Pickett are not good. Trubisky to Pickett, and it doesn't really matter. No, bad. Um, are you a little surprised with the Chargers going to Cleveland no, and barely eking one out? Because their coach is a jackass, <laughs> and uh, Keenan Allen was calling him out on Twitter about some of his play calling, and I don't understand. The Chargers, man, they just can't get out of their own way. They got so much talent. That's why I can but never pick them? It's just injuries and bad coaching or missed field goals. It's always something with them. I mean, they pulled this one out, skin of their teeth, against Cleveland. Um, and again, Jacoby Brissett, he has three interceptions, and I think all three of them are in the fourth quarter of games. So, yeah, that's a good, not, that's not a good, good. stat. That's a bad stat, but it's a good stat. Um, Detroit with a little step back. What the hell? Goff with a pick and a fumble, and that was pretty much it, and the Patriots stomped the Lions. Bailey Zappi with the big road No win. kidding. Good I for mean, him. He didn't do a ton, but, hey. I mean, they ran the ball all over the place. But, you know, New England, I, I think it's safe to say they got a pretty good defense. Sneaky good. Yep. Um, Saints in a shootout beat the Seahawks. Yeah, Andy Dalton versus Geno Smith. And then it ended up being the Taysom Hill game because he – Threw for a touchdown and ran for three more. Okay. Jets clobber the Dolphins. We mentioned that earlier, but Bridgewater got hurt. They sat him out with a concussion, so they got their two yeah. top two guys. They didn't sit him out. Oh, the well, NFL sat him out. Yeah. There was no way no he was way. coming back in the no, game. not at all. Uh, but then the Jets pile it on. Uh, even who is the third quarterback? Who, who was, I don't even know who was who playing was. for Miami? I don't, I don't know. know. Okay. It still doesn't seem like the Jets should have won 40-17. to 17. It just still doesn't. That seems a little heavy. I think there's three and two, though, aren't they? I mean, yeah, the Jets no. are. Now you're making me more nervous heading into Sunday. Uh, Tampa Bay barely beats one out uh, against the Falcons. That's on an interesting way of putting the, it. Thank you. <laughs> the 
probably the worst roughing the passer penalty in until last night. But oh, yeah, right. yeah, but yes. yeah, I, I mean, I think it's been Brady gets bailed out, and then not even twenty four hours later, dude. A listen, bit more. listen. I always say when we do this podcast, I try to be as objective as I can be. Really, I don't know why you're laughing. I mean, look, <laughs> okay. I, I try to call a spade a spade when, right. when it when it comes to time. I've talked a lot of shit about the Packers and the amount of calls they get at Lambeau. Yes. Well, there must be a mandate from the league this year to like save Tom Brady, like because there was about five plays in that Packer game that were ridiculous, either calls or non calls that all went his way. And I've seen this now in every Tampa game I've watched. And, like, on some degree, I'm fine with it, especially as, like, an NBA fan. Like, you get it. Like, stars get calls. Like, I get it. But that's, like, a game changer right there. Like, it's a six-point game. Atlanta was about to get the ball back. They had a chance to go down and win the game, and this phantom call comes up. Boger was on that game, right? Yeah, for roughing the passer. Um, that's, those are, that's the kind of shit that, that people used to watch the NBA and go, it could be fixed, you know, but look, Brady's had a rough week. He's getting divorced. Right. Antonio Brown's putting pictures of him and Giselle up on Instagram and kind of hinting around at something. And I didn't know know that. I mean, oh, wow. Dude, I told you before the season started. I didn't think this was going to go well for Brady. Just a lot of rumblings about his personal life before the season started, and then you factor in these guys getting hurt, and it's not going well. They're still 3-2, and two, yeah. and they still got a chance of being a pretty good team. But, I mean, dude, if he wins the Super Bowl this year, like just whip it out, throw it on the table, and say, I'm done. I, what the fuck left do I have to prove? I didn't think he had anything left to prove heading into. Yeah, this but if he could win a Super Bowl without all with yeah. all this, yeah, man, on and off the field stuff. Yeah, okay, okay, that's fair. Um, didn't watch uh, a down of the Titans and nope. the and Washington. Nor did I. Okay, uh, this is probably um. Mm, not as bad as the Thursday night game, Indy and Denver, but 13-6 Texans and Jacksonville sounds atrocious. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence was just awful. He's had a couple of stinkers. He's had a couple of decent ones and a couple say. of stinkers, but, boy, 13-6. to Yikes. No. Um, 49ers crush the Panthers, which leads to Matt Rule's firing. Yeah, so he's, and ba- and he, he's ba- the first coach dismissed this year, right? First coach fired. Baker got hurt. He's, yeah. he's going to miss a couple weeks. He, he, you can file him in the Mitch Trubisky category. We're not. We probably are not seeing him again. Uh, Somebody will start do on a team after this year. Maybe the Colts will go get him. Uh, he's been. He's bad. Well, he's bad. Um, San Francisco's defense is really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cowboys beat the Rams in L.A. Cowboys defense is really good, man. They came up with a couple of early turnovers and a and a scoop and score. Um, I, I think, saw on that one. I think teams in the NFC should be a little nervous about Dallas. Yeah? Yeah. Especially because their defense is really good. They've been able to win all these games without, without Dak. Dak. Dak's going to come back, mm-hmm. and 
all of their other weapons are healthy. Like, if they can get something going offensively, they're going to be a really tough team to beat because Micah Parsons is legit. Um, Diggs in the secondary is legit. They've got some dudes on that Cowboy defense. And something's missing with the Rams, man. Like, that team is a mess. I mean, they they played a tough schedule. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. But they have no explosiveness. Yeah. Cardinal, it's a tough place to win even if the team's bad, but Philly's now what? 4 and 1? Yeah. No, 5 and 0. Oh. 5 and 0. Oh. Still still unbeaten after going down to uh, Arizona beating the Cardinals. Didn't watch any of that. Don't know any numbers or anything. I did watch a decent amount of that. Um it was ugly. Yes, it's the score indicates. Well, it that. was another Philly thing. They every we every game this year they get up big and then they like hang on for life. And that's basically what this game was. Ravens over the Bengals on Sunday night. Good game. Um, two good teams. Cincinnati. Seems like something you would expect from that division. Yeah, and Cincinnati uh, loses another tough one. And it was another situation where their coach totally screwed the game up. Um, it was 16, what was it? Or No, it was 13-10, I think, or something like that. They were down three in the th- towards the end of the third fourth and one on like the four and they go for it and they run some dumbass shovel pass play that goes nowhere and it's like just kick the field goal you'd be tied yeah you've only given up like 13 points to these guys it's not like they're going to run away from you and it ended up costing them the game so but I, I i still like cincinnati they've had a really tough schedule too but they're in all these games so we'll see kansas city down by 10 at half comes back and beats the Raiders 30 to 29. We already talked about the bad roughing. I've watched that play probably 10 times. I just don't understand. There's always something, and we were talking about officiating a couple of minutes ago. There's always something before the year that the league tells the officials, we're going to focus on this. To my knowledge, I don't think I've heard anything about that this year. No. So I'm wondering if this. But I think that. Well, I wonder. Would we have heard of it? I wonder if the Tua thing changed anything. For sure. One of the things that I've heard a lot of people today talking about in in terms of how to fix this, if that play is called, can it be reviewed? Challenged, right? Maybe challenged and, and reviewed. You know, maybe not. I don't think you want to do what they did with pass interference because that did not work well. But, you know, like... Make it kind of like the college targeting thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the dude stripped the ball, and he tried to break his fall with his off arm. And he's running and hits him from behind. Like, this is just, like, science shit. Like, inertia, (laughs) mass meets, you know, force meets mass. Like, you're going to fall forward. I'm going to fall on you. How would you like me to do that while I'm also ripping the ball away from this Making guy? a play. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, you know, I somebody said today, I can't remember who it was, they said, we're asking the largest men on the field to be ballerinas. That's and a, it's not really fair. That's a good one. It's not fair. I mean, every goddamn rule in that sport now is geared toward the offense. Yes. Yeah. No, you, no you're not wrong. Um, so yeah, that's we already talked about the roughing penalties and the Panthers firing uh, rule, and we talked about 
kind of the coaching. You talked about Hackett. Um, I talked about Lafleur, and it. You were talking about uh, McVay out in uh, out in L.A. about just some of these offenses just seem to be getting too cute for their own good. And uh, analytics is getting a lot of the blame for this right now, and it kind of goes back to last week. We we didn't do the games last week, but Harbaugh decided to not kick a field goal yep. when he. Sh- when everybody that's ever watched football is kind of going like, you have to kick it here. They decide, and you've got Justin Tucker, so it's not like you're going to miss. And they end up not, or, or Lamar Jackson ends up throwing an interception that costs them the game. You know, it, there's this school that is very much in vogue right now in sports. We, we talk about it with the Brewers a lot. You see it in the NBA with the three-pointers, and you're seeing it now in football with a lot of these decisions where it boils down to a math problem and probabilities and things like that. But I just don't know how you take into effect that this particular game with these particular people at this particular time, what do these numbers really mean? It seems like given all that you need to take into account and the factors that you just mentioned – there isn't a math problem that can do that and assign a value to that to come up with some kind of equation that would say, I do this, it gives me the best chance to win. It just doesn't seem like a, a pro, an equation or an algorithm or a whatever you want to call it, a theorem or a proof, can conceptualize everything that goes into a football strategy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it it just seems like they just rely on this paper stuff and ignore all the other things that are so up and down and unpredictable in a game yeah. that seemingly, to me, would affect that equation. How's your defense playing today? Right. How's their offense playing today? Did their running back get hurt? Is their left tackle hurt? You're, Is my D-tackle hurt? You're telling me you can plug all that into this? I, I just don't see how. It just started to rain. The wind picked up. It's now night. Like, seriously. I'm just saying, like, there ha- the, I feel like in, in sports right now that the old gut feeling, and look, when you're wrong and you go to the media and you say, I went with my gut, you're going to take shit. When you're wrong with analytics and you go to the media and you say, our people in the Department number of people said that this was going to work. It didn't work. What do you want me to do? It really actually gives the coaches a lot of cover in reality. I mean, shit, we we watch it with counsel. Nobody ever questions counsel because anytime anybody does, he just refers them to the stats. So I get that part, but I don't know, man. I just, you know, sometimes it's fourth and one on the 40 and – you just kind of get the feeling like you should go. And then there's other times when you're like, no way, man. We are not getting a yard right now. We're struggling to run the ball, blah, 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 blah. But 63.8 probability says that in this situation, we should go for it. Well, okay. I have these same conversations with with Coach O okay. in the booth on Fridays and Saturdays when he does the whole, okay, Josh, what would you do in this situation? And we usually disagree 95% of the time. 
Yeah, you guys do? He's the way more conservative. Okay. You know, sure. count on sure. doing something later and coming up with a play rather than going well, and for I, and it and right now. I think now. that's probably the analytic counter is like, well, if you get an ultra-conservative coach, you're just never going to you're never gonna put yourself in an opportunity to, to successfully take a risk. But yeah. I don't know. I, I just – I think the best coaches today, it's a little both. Mm-hmm. I think anytime anything leans one way or the other, you get yourself in a little bit of trouble. For sure. So, All right, let's run through the Week 6 matchups, which start on Thursday with your Chicago Bears against the Washington God, Comanches. That's going to be so bad. Like, poor, poor, poor Al Michaels. Like, really, you leave Sunday night football for this shit? What do you got? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, I haven't watched the Redskins at all. I'm counting on Carson Wentz to throw it to the Bears twice. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say the Bears at home, let's say like 19 to 14. Oh, yeah. That's ugly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course it's ugly. It's right. the Bears and the Redskins. Um, 49ers got to go all the way across the country to play the Falcons. You'd think Niners, but Falcons are frisky. They've They've hung around in a lot of games. Uh, Patriots go to the Browns. I think New England was feisty against Green Bay, and then they whooped Detroit. I think they go to Cleveland and win. I do. Is Bailey Zappi for the third week in a row on the road? I don't know. I'm going Cleveland. Okay. I think that loss last week really stung stung the Browns. They should have beat the Chargers. Okay. Um, And it's also Belichick against his old team. Yep. Uh, Jets at the Packers. Uh, This is a bounce-back game for Green Bay. They were embarrassed. They're going to be pissed. They're at home. Um, I think it's at least a two-touchdown victory. I don't know about a two-touchdown victory, but I think it's a comfortable win. I I don't think the Jets are talented enough to hang. All right. Uh, Colts and the Jaguars. This, okay, hold on. Let me scan. Worst game of the week? No. Well. It's tied. Okay, all right. It's tied with the Bears. The the, the Bear-Redskin game and one other game. All right, which is down the line. We'll get to that. Okay. But, Um, yeah, this is gross. I mean, this is just where you would hope that Trevor Lawrence looks around and goes, are you kidding me? Right. I I have to win this game. Should. Even though it's on the road, should. Yeah. Um, Vikings are at the Dolphins. Do we know anything about Bridgewater or Tua at this point? Well, I would be shocked. I would think two would still be out. Okay. Um, Bridgewater, I don't know. I mean, this is it's unfortunate because Who is the third this would be a really good, interesting game. Yeah. If two was if playing. If everybody's healthy. This yes. Is, you know, a couple of teams that are maybe a little bit on the rise, even though I'm not totally sold on, on the Vikings. Well, you've got but, an indoor team going down to Florida. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, if the third stringer's in, I'm going with the Vikings. Vikings, yeah. Bengals and the Saints in New Orleans. Boy, another two and three teams. Another tough one for the Bengals on the road against a team that's pretty, pretty uh, good defense. And I don't know, they, New Orleans scores at home, so I, I hate to do it, but I, I kind of like the Saints in this one. Okay, Baltimore and the Giants. I think the magic ends. I think the I think Baltimore Lamar. Goes. I think Lamar is going to run all over him. Okay, uh, Buccaneers and the Steelers. This should be a win. If I mean Pittsburgh, seemingly done right. I think they might be the worst team in the league. Really? Like, well, I mean, like, what? Carolina? They're not going to rush Watt back. No. And that defense is okay. But, I mean, unless Pickett just kind of goes crazy, how are they winning? No. No. 
Carolina uh, stinks too, but that's right. And Carolina goes to the Rams, and I think that should be a probably. But, but a Pittsburgh's walk. in a Pittsburgh could lose all six division games. Well, they already beat the they already beat the Bengals, but they could lose every other division game, and no one would bat an eye at that. Well, how after how many years do you think Tomlin is? He's never had a losing season, so this would be it. And then I think they probably reload because there's a Steelers and they're well run. Just hung um, on. I mean, it's they are the prime example of hanging on to your start. They did to with Big Ben like what the Lakers did with Kobe. It's like you you brought us a title. You're the best player at your position we've ever had. We were paying you a lot. We kind of feel like we owe you and you hung around a little too long. We didn't we we weren't we weren't ready to do what Green Bay was ready to do with Favre and what they would have done with Rodgers if Jordan Love could right. play. But, uh, yeah, not not a good spot for the Steelers. Panthers and an interim coach at the Rams. I I, I would just think the Rams got to take their frustrations out on somebody. Well, I would think. Um, this, uh, is the, this is the other gross one. The bad West battle, uh, the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Although this could be like 35 to 31 because Geno Smith shootout. and Kyler Murray could just go crazy. But I ain't watching it. <laughs> um, you got a couple of good late games mm-hmm. with Buffalo and Kansas City. That's the four and ones. That should be the AFC Boy, that, that, that'll be a, that'll be a dandy, uh, especially at Arrowhead. Yep. Um, short week for the Chiefs. Yep, playing on Monday. Um, I did hear going into the Monday night game that Buffalo was already a three point road favorite. Really. I don't know if that changed after KC won last night, but okay. boy, home home dog for the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a better game than Dallas and Philly on Sunday night, but I, I think the just because it's the NFC, I'm guess I'm more curious about what happens in 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 that division because people didn't expect Philly to be five and zero, and I don't think people expected the Cowboys to be four and one. NFC East, best division in football. Who'd have thought? One who's the and Giants four and, and one. And the Commanders are one and four. One and they four. stink, but but no, the top three. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I th- I'm gonna go Dallas. Give yeah, them, give them their first loss. I'm going Philly. Okay. I, I just don't think Cooper Rush can keep winning all these all right. games. That's fair. Uh, this should be one for your Chargers at home against the Broncos on Monday night. But this is the this is the Proverbial absolute back. bed shit. Uh, kind of game for the Chargers. They absolutely should win this game by two touchdowns, but they'll probably lose by six. <laughs> Your team. Yeah. I love it. My my adopted kind of AFC team. All right, so for some NFL notes, uh, you got some who's good, who's bad. Yeah, uh, like who's good? Can we say definitively after five weeks or to me almost have to wait till like the baseball all-star break? No, nah, I, think, I think, you think you can say now who's, who's bad. You can say who's good. Okay. I think I think right now Buffalo and Kansas City are legitimately they're legit. They're okay. they're contenders. After that I have a lot of questions. Just because you have good records doesn't indicate that you might be good. I don't know what to make of Philadelphia. They've got a couple of decent wins, but they've also let everybody back into the game. And that that is something that eventually is going to bite you, and it always bites you when it hurts the most. I'm not sure. Dallas, again, I don't know who they are without or with Dak. They're kind of a wait and see. 
I still think the Packers are pretty good, but I'm not sure how good. Are they are they actual contenders? At this point, I'm I'm not sure. I don't think so. Minnesota's four and one. I I, I think the Packers are better. Really, I I really do. At first week, notwithstanding, <clears throat> I just can't trust Cousins. I really like what O'Connell's doing up there, though. I mean, I their I mean, defense I really is do. not as good. It's not, but I think their offense has taken a little, another step forward. And I think that's well, kind of offset some Je- of that Jefferson's stuff. production's gone yeah. up while Thielen's has gone down. Yes. And when Dalvin Cook is in there, he's a big threat. But, but I mean, Irv Smith is, is looking good right there as well. I mean, like you mentioned Cook. I mean, they got Madison as a bat. I think, I, let me put it this way. If there's a playoff game in Minnesota, I don't think Green Bay's winning. That's fair. But I don't think Minnesota's coming into Green Bay and winning. You don't know. Not, okay. not in the cold. Not in January. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay, good. Yeah. Uh, not right now. Maybe when they get their guys back, if they get some if of them back. Do. But they're a question mark. San Francisco, you said defense. Their defense is legit. Um, but, you know, Jimmy G. I, I don't know, man. It's week to week with that guy. And then the Giants, as we said, you know, they've, they've surprised some people, but. That see, they might be that team this year. There's always a team that kind of starts out really well, and you're kind of surprised, and then you get into the meat of the season, and they kind of fade back. You know, you're in a division with Dallas and Philly. You're probably going to get knocked around a little bit. They've already lost once to Dallas, so I, I'm not sure we can put them up there yet. Okay. Who's bad? Pittsburgh's bad. Yes. The entire AFC South is a trash fire. <laughs> As much as it breaks my heart, I think I have to say the Lions are bad. I yes. thought they were going to be a little bit better. Last week, getting shut out at home, that's that's disgusting. I wasn't there. Uh, or actually, no, I'm sorry. It was on the road. But getting shut out, Still. period. And getting shut out in this day's NFL is hard to do. Um, the Bears are not good. They're bad. Seattle's bad. Carolina's bad. Washington's bad. I think Arizona's... They're not bad, but they're definitely not good. Denver's not bad. They're not all bad. They got a pretty good defense too, good. but they're not good. Okay, so all right, that's fair. That's kind of where I'm at. All right, and then there's and then the rest of the league is either three and two or two and three. Just okay, and yeah. we'll figure that out as we move along, unless they keep winning and losing yeah. and staying right around five hundred. So I saw a tweet from uh, one of the guys of the Janesville Gazette one of the few that are left, Neil Johnson, and talked about um, the concussion stuff and head injuries and the fact that he could not support the NFL with the players doing to themselves and what it would cause them later on in life as far as harm and things that have been documented and all that stuff. And he's basically coming at it from a morality issue, and he will not support that. And I said... I have several friends that are that are willing to die on that hill by not watching the NFL anymore. And, you know, our buddy Nick had, had chimed in, and he was one of the first ones that told me that in the wake of the CTE stuff that happened a few years ago when it was, you know, fresh and really popular about coming out and lots of points of discussion and stuff like that. And, and that sparked kind of a discussion between you and Bear chimed in uh, as well. And, um, I, I mean, I thought this would be a good place for that discussion and I guess I'll get mine out of the way, and it has nothing to do with 
scientifics, and it's more in line with what John said as far as these guys, to me, to my knowledge, by now, know the risks. They go in, they want to make a living, they're willing to put their bodies on the line to do it. Um, I appreciate the sport for what it is. I don't take a, a too deep look into it. Um, I don't feel bad about contributing if that's what people want to think that I'm doing by watching and and paying and you know supporting that kind of stuff. I grew up playing football. I love the sport. It is dear to me. It's unfortunate that some of this stuff happens. But to me, it's just the nature of playing a violent game. Um, do I think the league is at fault for a lot of stuff as far as keeping things from people? Probably, yes. Um, like most businesses. Yes. Because um, they are a business. People, oh, people forget that sometimes. They are, they are most definitely that, that businesses. They are out to make money. multi-billion dollar business. I mean, they, at the expense of their players' futures and lives at some parts, they've had to make some some bad calls in, in, in that area, sure. Um, but I guess I just don't take it as seriously, and it doesn't cost me any sleep, and I don't... I don't understand, I guess, that sort of line of thinking. If people want to do that, I'm not going to judge them for it. That's fine. Yeah. If, you, if you don't want to watch, don't watch. No, I feel the same way. I would never tell anybody that they're wrong or stupid for not wanting to watch it. Right. I, I, don't, I don't care. Don't watch it. It doesn't right. matter to it, me. No, it doesn't. It's purely entertainment for me. If these guys want to make their living by going to do that and put their, their futures at risk for a boatload of money, okay. I'm just going to watch because that's what I do. It's just football. That may be a very simplistic, blue-collar approach to it, but that's just me in this instance. Yeah, I guess with um, the you know with with brother love and the guy from the Gazette you were you were tweeting with. Like, I guess I would just I have some questions. Is it just NFL or is it football? Is it all combat sports? Do you watch MMA? Do you watch boxing? Do you watch wrestling? Hockey. Do you watch hockey? Do you watch uh, even soccer? You know, um, where where's the line? That that would be my first question. Do you watch racing? Do you watch you know NASCAR? I mean, guys get slammed around and can, you can die in a car. We've seen it. Um, you know, I, I guess, and I and I don't, I don't particularly like having to stick up for the NFL. What right now are they not doing that you think they should be doing? They yeah, they were bad in the past. They lied. They hid stuff. That's all been. That's all come out in the wash now. That's past us. The, they're doing more stuff on game day. They're doing more stuff during the week to help these guys. They're doing. Um, I think they've they've worked with the players union to try to get some of the veteran guys a little more I don't know whether it's counseling, medical, money, whatever. I think they're doing something. Can they do more? Of course. Um but I I don't know. I guess what do you what could they do to change your mind to get you back? Or are you just out because you just think the concussions are the worst thing in the world because you get a concussion to do anything. You know? Um, I don't know. I mean, to me, this is less of, in 2022, to me, this is less of a football issue. This is a human being issue 
And what I mean by that is people are just fucking bigger and faster now than they've ever been in everything. I looked yesterday at the 1985 Chicago Bears roster. You know how many 300-pound guys were on that team? The Super Bowl-winning 85 Bears. You know how many 300-pound guys were on their team? I mean, I guess one of them would have to be the fridge. That's it. One. The fridge. No offensive or defensive lineman. One. You know how many 300-pound men were in the NFL in 1985? Fifteen. What? Fifteen. You know who was the largest man in the league that year? The fridge. fridge at 325 pounds. That To he, me, that would be not as have. I wouldn't look at that number right now and be like, that guy's the largest dude that I've ever seen. What the fuck did Gilbert Brown weigh? He weighed almost 400 pounds. Yeah. You know how many 300-pound men are currently in the NFL? The NFL, I believe, they have about 1,700 guys on, on in the totality of the league. You know how many 300-pounders there are? 427. I was going to guess 350. 427. Okay, now, and I didn't do this research, let's factor in how many guys over 250 can run a sub-4540 five, five in 1985. How many do it now? Because one of the questions I've been asking myself when I'm watching football recently, because it seems like we're getting this a lot. We're getting a lot of guys getting fucked up. There was Naheem Hines uh, Thursday night in the Colt game. Got up, fell down, got up, fell down, got up. Like, these dudes are punch drunk. We saw it a little bit when we were younger, but I don't feel like we see it to the extent. And that's with all the rule changes and the equipment changes that are supposed to be helping. So my conclusion, my amateur sleuthing, people are just too goddamn big and strong right now. And, you know, you get – there was a play – in the Cowboy game against the Rams the other day, where Demarcus Lawrence was rushing on one end, and I can't remember the kid on the other end, they met at the quarterback, but Stafford stepped up at the last second, and those two guys ran right into each other. How do you? What are you supposed to do? It's just two big people running into each other that happen to be running really fast. So if football is going to exist... I don't know how you get this out of the game short of some kind. I don't know if the helmet manufacturers, if Rydell can come up with something that's extra cushiony. I know they did that thing in the preseason yep, with, the, with the cap. Players hated it. But they, they reported less concussions. Now, that could also be a function of less hitting, which they... They do, try to do, you know, but like, you know, you go back and you look at the guy, it, like the Dick Butkus era and those guys and Dick Butkus, one of the greatest middle linebackers in the history of the game. Dick Butkus weighed like 230. He probably ran a 5-140, which in his day was a huge person yes. and really fast. Today, like, do you even make the team? You know what I'm saying? That's a good question. And and look, we we've you know we see a guy like Aaron Judge in in Major League Baseball. We've never seen anything like that before. You see guys like LeBron James and Giannis and this Wembyama kid in front. We've never seen people like this before. So, I, you know, I got for me from the football talk. 
it all boils down to I don't know what the NFL can do right now to get you back or to make their game safer. I just don't know what's left to do. Well, you mentioned that in in one of your tweets, and it's probably the biggest thing that I agree with is that you think they would be doing everything they could to keep the people that are making them money. You shouldn't be purposely sabotaging your or not doing as much as you can in order to keep the people that are keeping you afloat or making you money by having them not play. Well, and you don't want anybody going through the kind of things that Tua because no. the magnifying glass is so much bigger now. Mm-hmm. And that costs you money, right? So, yeah. I think the NFL has got to, like we said, they're a business. They're in the they're in the money making business. They want these guys to be healthy and on the field. They don't want them wobbling around out there and falling down and shit. And look, if you want to rag at them over the Tua thing, I don't know what the NFL per se could have done. They 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 fired or they made the Dolphins fire the guy that cleared him, so he's not around anymore. I mean, I don't know what else you want him to do. I, I just don't know. And and you know what? If like you said, if you're out, fine. No, nobody's. I mean, we're certainly not going to beg you to come back. We're not going to give you any shit about it. No. But I I just would wonder what can be done that could be better. Or is the list of transgressions so egregious that there is no turning back? Because. What ends up happening then is then we get bad shit happening on the field, like bad roughing the passer calls, and then it's affecting games. So somebody else has said that has been a big football fan, is a, is a Cowboys fan that I know, and I'm not going to mention him, um, but he said he doesn't want to watch anymore because of the quality of officiating and play anymore because it's gotten so horrendous, which I was like, yeah. You kind of take with the good with the bad in that respect, but it's not a moral issue. It's just like I can't watch this shit anymore because it's not <laughs> well, it's yeah. not football as I sure. used to recognize sure. it. Sure, I understand. I, I I don't agree with that being a valid reason to stop watching, but I get it. Yeah, I get it. All right, um, we still got a lot to go through. We'll, we'll let's try some and, of it. We can buzz through. Can get through yeah. baseball, college football. I was really curious because I would have loved to have followed up last week and, and we didn't get a chance to uh, talk about it, about the Paul Christ firing. Um, because I know you and I have been fairly critical. And, I mean, I would say probably you more than me almost because you're not you're not a huge Badger fan, but it's it's one of those things where you watch it. It's like you they're have... The, they're you, the college football team in the state, so I they're, they're my team, but I don't really get into it like you do. The, the loss to Illinois really sending... Um, the, you know, the board or Macintosh or... The sweater vests were not happy. No. No, for they sure. were not happy. I'm wondering what Alvarez thought of that. To me, that's not a move that Barry would make, but I give a lot of credit to Macintosh for pulling the trigger on that because that told me that it's like, okay, it's your athletic department now because Chris is an Alvarez guy, and I don't think Barry would have done that. Uh, losing to Bielema or having two rushing yards against Illinois, whatever... But I just think it got to the point where, and when McIntosh came on the the next day and, and had his press conference, and I watched it over on Big Ten Network, 
And he said that they had a long conversation of a couple hours, he and Chris, and they finally decided that the best thing would be for him to go away. And so, you know, um, they let him go, and it was a change. I'm wondering what took part in that conversation and where Macintosh was coming from. Was it, hey, we need to do things differently right now. Are you able to and comfortable to do that? And I'm wondering if Chris says, this is what I do. This is how I do it. This is what I believe in. I don't really want to change. And if we need to do something else, that's not going to be what I'm doing. And that's kind of what I guess I settled on and what I envisioned because I didn't really, or I don't know how to do anything else than what I'm doing right now and the people that I've hired to do it. So from everything that I heard from McIntosh, I have no reason not to believe. I mean, I think he's a he was a good PR guy in that instance. But to me, it was a, we need to do more than what you're doing. And either Chris either didn't want to or couldn't. And therefore, you find a spot and, well, then I guess we need to move on and we need to find somebody that's going to. You know, that's that's how I look at it. That's what I believe happened. And I'm sure we'll, we may or may not ever find out. Well... I know from a, a couple of pretty good authorities okay. that he was getting severe pressure from the boosters. Um, the new Taj Mahal South End Zone that they've that there's the new Crown Jewel. A um, couple people that I work with that are longtime Badger season ticket holders told me that uh, up until this past game, the Illinois game, they were getting emails from their ticket people trying to get them to upgrade to the South End Zone. They can't sell the tickets. Whether that, I don't know what, I don't know why, but they can't. Whether that's a function of price, whether it's it's who the opponent, whether it's the Badgers are just not that good this year, I don't know, but they're struggling to sell tickets. And you got a bunch of people up there that donated a bunch of money for that and nobody's filling the seats and the product ain't very good. So I think there was a lot of pressure from the money to do something. I'm flat out shocked they fired him in the middle of the season because I didn't see this as a team that was like, oh, my God, they should be 6-0 and and ranked in the top 10. I No, this is a team that was going to go 8 and 3 or 8 and 4 and maybe win the west and get killed in the conference championship game and then maybe play on a new year's eve bowl game. This was not a contender for anything of substance. So in that regard I was a little surprised. Um obviously they want to get a look at Leonard with um real games immediately. I would be, I mean, I mean, he's the quote-unquote interim. I don't see how he doesn't get the job unless I would, I would agree. there's some disaster in the next month. But to me, at the end of the day, for Paul Christ, his biggest failure was recruiting. He just didn't, he didn't get the guys. I mean, you look at the guys that Bielema was churning out well, like Bielema or not, the guys he was churning out of here that were going into the NFL that were college superstars, other than Jonathan Taylor, there's been nothing like that with Christ. Um, was 
Was J.J. Watt here under Christ? I think so. J.J. Watt wasn't going anywhere else. His brother, he, he, he's going to Wisconsin. So I don't get, you don't get that one. You're right. He came from Central Michigan. Right, right. Um, so I, I just look at the skill positions, the quarterback play. The, That's the biggest one the, for me. The lack of, um, you know, one of the things that people forget, when, when Alvarez had his really good teams, man, they had good D-backs. Put a lot of defensive backs in the NFL. Badger D backs are bad. No, they've they've had nothing for a while. Corners or safeties, and both. The Bobby Ingram hire. Now, is that a function of Chris not allowing him to do anything, or is he just a bad hire? So, a guy that I talked to that covers the team said that it was kind of apparent after this that Chris had way more involvement, more so in calling the plays in the offensive strategy, even with Ingram. And now if I'm Wisconsin and Leonard or McIntosh or whoever is going to make the decision, if he gets the job, to me the guy I'm watching is not Leonard, it's Ingram. Well, yeah, I mean, He's like we're, the dude with the job, uh, with with the audition now for however many weeks. Yeah, that, we're paying the guy a million bucks or that, whatever. That we're paying him. Like, let, let's see if he can call plays. Right. Right. And he came down from the booth against Northwestern, and that was the thing, and Leonard wanted him there, and... You know, take the Northwestern game is not an accurate indicator of any improvement whatsoever. No. And it, I'm, I'm not sure you can judge it, judge the rest of the season. It's no, gonna, exactly. It's just going to be a function of how things are working, whether you can keep these recruits, and then how you develop stuff within the next year of whether you think you can go forward with this group. So I'm there's not a whole lot of decisions I think you can make based on the remainder of the season, and you certainly can't take anything against the game from Northwestern because they're fucking awful. Um, but I'm watching Ingram. You got your first casualty in this dude, that quarterback that's transferring, who was a four-star guy that came in from California. He's entered the transfer portal, but they're favoring this, this guy, Miles Burkett from Franklin. They were listed as co-backups, even though Burkett's, Burkett's gotten the playing time when it's happened. So this dude's out of here. To me, the failure for Chris is the development of quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to be the whisperer. He's supposed to be the developer. Well, you ran two of them out of town. You ran what's-his-diddle Hornybrook down to Florida State, and you ran Cone out to Notre Dame because you wanted this Mertz kid. And now Mertz has proven to be a just a guy, just an absolutely average guy. And Hornibrook got worse. as his, He was better as a freshman yes. than he was as a junior. Yep. Um, Mertz really hasn't gotten any better. Not really. Cone was just a guy. Yep. But he went to Notre Dame and had a good season. Got an, un, you know, an well, Yeah, he went to Notre Dame and had a good season. <laughs> right? You know? I mean, it, at the end of the day, for Leonard, it's, it's basically an either-or. Either he can walk in to somebody's living room that Paul Christ couldn't get into, and he can sell himself, his NFL playing career, the fact that he's had really good defenses in college, or it's going to be more of the same. It's going to be the That's same kind of guys that they're recruiting, and you're hoping that Leonard and his staff are better at coaching up the two- and three-star guy than Chris was. So we talked to LePay when it happened on Monday morning, and you and I were texting we only had him for 10 minutes, and he the last thing he talked about, and I really wanted to follow up, and I couldn't do it. 
But the last thing he said was whoever they hire, whether it's Leonard, whether it's Leipold, who's the fancy name now, or somebody else, there've been a there's been a list of probables or potentials, whatever the people have tied to the program that would be a good rule was one of them, I guess. Yep. Um that he said whoever they hire, this is LePay talking, whoever they hire, I hope they have a familiarity with how things are done here. And my follow up would have been don't you think that that philosophy of from Alvarez to Bielema, Gary Anderson, eh, and now Christ is a product of where we are right now, that that's kind of gotten us to this point that has necessitated a change, that maybe it wouldn't hurt to get somebody in who doesn't blow up the whole philosophical way that Wisconsin gets the linemen and the running backs and couple of good skill guys and a decent quarterback and that's the what that's what we do and high academic standards and all that stuff maybe deviate from that path a little bit just to see well i think matt is a is the kind of badger fan and he's seen every game yes going back for 30 years he I think he's one of those guys that's fine going ten and two and playing in a Rose Bowl every five years because I think he understands that Ohio State's just playing another sport. They're in your conference. You ain't beating them. You're gonna. You might beat them once a decade. That's it. You just can't compete with that. So by saying how we do things around here, he's looking at. All of that success, you know, and we've talked about it, like what are your reasonable expectations as a fan? What do you want your program to be? I think he understands, like, we're never going to be that. We're not even going to be Michigan. Those are 100-year-old brands. Those are college football brands. And when, especially in Ohio State's case, they just get a different caliber of kid. And partly it's because they've just got so much to draw from in Ohio. It's such a hotbed for college football. But... I don't know. I mean, you know, the Gary Anderson thing, he tried to do it his way, and he got a lot of pushback. He also ran into some roadblocks. He did, and that's part of the pushback. You know, I don't know if I talked about this on a podcast before, but I, I had seen a, a interview that Tom Izzo was doing with Draymond Green. Draymond Green was interviewing mm-hmm. him. We'll get to Draymond later. <laughs> and he was talking about, the changes from when he first started to recruit to now. And, you know, you factor in the NIL and this stuff. And like he said, he goes, you know, the transfer portal is a problem. And it's a problem because what you're getting, you're getting kids that are now transferring two and three times, which tells you they're not going to, they're not, they're not student athletes. They're athletes. Yes. Because we all know you transferred from, I think you rocked to whitewater. I'm sure not everything transferred. That's just how college works. When you transfer from school A to school B, it doesn't mean everything you did at A is coming with you. About You might as well cut it in half because a lot of that shit's not going to transfer, so you're not going to graduate on time. You're also paying these guys. A professional athlete doesn't get to be a free agent every year. Why does a college athlete? And then you get into um, just the, the, the normal dirty stuff that goes on in the South with the paying of the players before you even get to the NIL, which you know still goes on. So I I don't know. I, I think I just think the Badgers are in a spot where, as we've said a million times on here, they got 
the we have to figure out as fans what is realistic for this program to be. But I think the problem with that whole philosophy is that then you get glimpses of, hey, we got a really good team this year. We got a chance to do something, and we always manage to just come up short. And someday that will change. There's that ceiling that we can't break through. And right now that ceiling under Paul Chris to me, is getting further and further away. But it's not just the Badgers. That, that ceiling is there for 99% of college football. Well, that's fine, but we're talking about Wisconsin. I know, but Wisconsin's not a better football program than Arkansas. I, don't you think? That, like, when's Arkansas broken through? <laughs> you, you got LSU, you got Alabama, you're going to have USC, you got Michigan and Ohio State. You got Texas, you got the floor. Like, the margin for error is razor thin anyway. Right. But so, don't you think they'd be faster to make coaching changes? I mean, just look at the look at how many coaches that we've had in the last four. But, but they, have, you know? they have different caliber of kids, though. True. That's the differentiator. They've got the, the school, the backing, the flexibility, the we'll get this kid in mentality that Wisconsin doesn't have. If they're going to stick to those rigorous academic standards that they're always so proud to tout, well, then you're not going to get the four- and five-star kid in football or basketball. It ain't happening unless the kid's from Wisconsin. That's the only way you're getting them. Yeah. Because those other schools, Ohio State will get a kid in. Michigan will get a kid in. Florida will get a kid in. USC will get a kid in. Well, they don't even need to be from Wisconsin because there's been a couple of times that some state kids have not been able to get in. Yeah, and the kid from Sun Prairie years ago was the famous one with Gary Anderson. And then he he, he went to Michigan State. And granted, he flamed out, but Still, maybe, maybe things would have been different. Maybe. So, all right, Badgers in Michigan State uh, this week. That'll be a 3 o'clock kickoff. All right, let's uh, run through. Jeez, we're only at a mile Yeah, we're 20. fine. Well, i got to get home. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, you haven't seen me in a while. We needed to catch up. I told you, it's been two weeks. I got I a lot to get off my chest. Brewers end their season oh, definitely with a whimper. Man. Man, man, man. I'll just let you go because I am so far removed from baseball that I I, I mean, I watched the last couple of games. It was absolutely just like, really? This is how we're going out? Yeah. Well, finish 86 and 76, seven games behind the Cardinals, one game behind Philly for the second wild card. Um, seemed like they wanted to give it to us too. They were trying. Philly was trying their damnedest, and now they've turned it around. We'll get to that. But Brewers went four and six in their last ten against the Reds, the Cardinals, the Marlins, and the Diamondbacks, including losing three of four over the weekend to a Miami bad Miami Marlins team. Not good. And I think they blew two of them. Yeah. So the Brewers have nobody to blame but themselves for not getting in. Um. You know, our feelings on the hater trade was well documented. Yep. I think that clubhouse was, I don't, I think fractured is too That's harsh I, of a word. That's but what I was going to use. I okay. think it was discombobulated a little bit sure. down the stretch. I think even factoring in showing Lorenzo Kane the door, I'm not sure that went over super great. Um, You know, I enjoyed what I saw from Garrett Mitchell down the stretch. Looks like he might be a player. Um, but this team's going to have a lot of changes. And, you know, my my personal wish list, get Woodruff under contract. 
Um, find a closer, a legitimate one, because Devin Williams ain't that guy. He's a nice pitcher, but he's not a closer. Um, need a new second baseman. Need a new third baseman. Uh, probably going to have new right fielder. I don't think Renfro will be back. Might be one of the kids from AAA. Maybe they go out and try to sign a veteran again. Um, I'd like to see Yelich become the permanent DH. I think he's a disaster in the outfield. I mean, he he's kicking balls into the corner. He can't throw. A lot of money to pay a designated hitter. That is not that great a hitter anymore. Well, that's why Sal Bando let Paul Mauter walk in 1992. He said the same thing. But I don't know, man. It's, um, you know, if the Brewers kind of do what they have done the last couple years, they're going to be right in this same mix again. Because as long as the division keeps, they being got bad. pretty decent pitching. The division stinks, um, but you know I, I would love to see them trade their shortstop. It's not going to happen, but I'd love to see it. I'd love to hear them come out and admit that the hater trade was bad, but it ain't going to happen. But I'd love if they did. But uh, yeah, just uh, kind of a the last month of the season was rough just wasn't very enjoyable to watch and follow. And, you know, when you're kind of almost happy that the season's over, that you didn't have to watch them another week, that's that's not a great place to be as a fan. I wasn't rooting, actively rooting no. against them. I would love to for them to see in life, even though I knew if they make the playoffs they weren't going anywhere. But I, didn't, I also didn't want to see them make it and get embarrassed to be like, wait, we did all this for that? You know that kind of a thing, right? So, yeah. but that's that's well, it's it's too bad. Went to a couple games this year. Um, gonna try to go to more next year. We'll see. Maybe, but maybe, yeah. All right. Um, playoffs are in full swing. The, all the divisional series started today. Um, the wild card series. Uh, only one game went uh, went two out of three, and that was the mayor. Uh, that was the um. um the Mets and uh, the Padres. Mariners swept the Blue Jays. Guardians swept the Rays. Phillies swept the Cardinals, which could not have I mean, been I, weren't sweeter. You just, weren't you just so heartbroken? Could not oh, have been so sweeter. Bad. Well, if nothing else, it just validated my point all year that the NL Central sucked. Yeah, because then you play somebody like that. And you go and play a Philly team that was just dying for you to tell them to not be in the playoffs. Well, they made and a managerial they, change yeah. at the beginning of the season, and then... But even at the end of the year, they're just trying right. their damnedest yes, they to were not make it. Not and then they get in, and then they just stomp the Cardinals. Padres beat the Mets uh, two games to one, so I don't know. We had... Should be the Yanks uh, going on right now, and, and the Guardians. The other early game was Philly and Atlanta. I don't even know who won uh, that. Philly, Philly won that one. Okay. Uh, Seattle was winning a late last I saw over Houston. Okay. Hey man, give me Seattle and San Diego in the in the World Series and I'm all in. I'd love it. Uh-huh. I would love those are the those are the teams right now that I'm cheering for. Yeah, I'm all in on that. I don't want anybody in the NL East. Don't like the Phillies, Braves long ago. Oh, and you don't want the damn Dodgers. Don't want the Dodgers. Yankees no. Astros Guardi- hell no. Guardians I can't do and Astros no. So yeah. I just don't want the Guardians in there because of their stupid name. Well. Partially what? Okay, I, here's I'm my question. Though. Okay, why does the why does Major League Baseball do their brackets so stupid? Meaning, okay, so let me get back to the wild card matchup. Sure. So the sixth seed in the AL was Tampa. 
Okay. So they played the three seed Guardians. All right. The five seed was the Mariners. The four seed was Toronto. The three seed won. The five seed won. The five seed should play the one seed. Correct. The three seed should play the two seed. But they come out with a bracket, and that's that's how it that's holds. That's just how it holds. So, and and I actually, I actually think it ended up working out in the AL, but not in the NL because did the NFL Philly, used to do this? I think so. But Philly's the sixth seed, so they should be playing the Dodgers. But instead, they're playing the two seed Braves. It should recalibrate. And also, now you've got division matchups. Like I would much rather see Phillies, Dodgers, uh, Braves, yes. Padres. Yes, cross divisions. So I, I, I mean, baseball just finding ways to fuck things up when it's just like, hey, have you ever seen a bracket before? The lowest seeded so team plays the highest seeded team. team. That's how you do it. Yeah, crazy. Well, that's generally how it works. Yes. So all those uh, we had four baseball games today. I don't know if they continue tomorrow or what the schedule is. I'll have to check that out. Um, this is a good round, though. This is kind of like the. Uh, oh no, I like all this. It's kind of like divisional weekend in the NFL. Do you wish it was seven games instead of best of five? Or no, is best I'm, of five I, I'm okay with five. Okay. I'm okay with five. I don't need... You the, like the build-up? I, I don't need baseball going until Thanksgiving. Three, five, and then seven? Okay. Um, NBA, Bucks are playing tonight against the Bulls back-to-back. They dropped two to Atlanta and Abu Dhabi. Yep. Uh, and going into tonight against the Bulls, 0-3 preseason. We don't really... This doesn't really matter, does it? No, um, Giannis has only played in one game so far. It, that, he played the, the first, first one. Game, he yeah. played 20 minutes. Um, Middleton obviously hasn't played. No. Lopez has only played one game. Uh, Matthews hasn't played at all. So, yeah, the Bucks. this doesn't really mean anything. Um, I do expect um, probably tomorrow most of the regulars to play. Oh, because, um, yeah, uh, a week from, what's the day today? A week from Thursday. A week from Thursday is the opener. So I, I would think that they want to get those guys a little bit of work. So okay. it's it's coming fast, man. Um, I'm excited. I, I think the Bucks. a lot of people are picking the Bucks to make the finals. Um, I think they got a great shot. It sounds like Middleton uh, is it's going to be a, a couple more weeks. He's, he's doing work right now. Yeah, yeah. So he's on. he's doing some basketball activities. I bet, you know. Mid-November, maybe around Thanksgiving, you know, maybe another three, four weeks. Um, Joe Ingles, who I've talked about, he was really their one free agent signing. He, he tore his ACL in February. They're looking at maybe like uh, first of the year for him, which is fine. You know, he's 35 years old. They don't need to put the extra miles on him early in the year, and that gives him plenty of time to kind of find his niche on the team. So I'm excited. I, I think uh, the NBA has got a lot of talent right now. It's a good time to be a fan. Um, the East is really going to be fun this year. There's a lot of good teams. So, um, yeah, should be fun. Uh, the major overriding story in the NBA in the preseason so far is Draymond Green punching his teammate, just walking right over to the sideline or the baseline and just... Did you see the video? I did. What did you think? I just didn't. Out of context, it looks absolutely horrible. Yeah. Right? Terrible. Right. Just like Devontae Adams pushing the camera guy last night. Yeah, that was pretty funny. But yeah. Good Lord. And then the camera guy filed a police report because, of course, he did. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. I thought Adams' Twitter apology was, he, well, was he, ridiculous. He apologized after right after the game on camera, too. He did. Okay. But, but yeah, kind of a stupid thing to do. But, but, this, but the Draymond Green thing, like, without any sound or knowing what's going on or whatever, you could just see him walk right across 
the lane down to the baseline and just punch the guy. Yeah, and it, it's it's. Yeah, I don't know it, any it, of the backstory it, because it I haven't read. I mean, really, they, it doesn't appear there's much of a backstory. It was a couple guys talking shit to each other at a practice. Draymond got in his space. Poole pushed him. <clears throat> Jordan Poole pushed him, and I think, as somebody said, I think Poole thought it was going to be a pushing match. And he got slugged in the face, and I mean, it dropped him. Yeah, it dropped him. It was a it was a solid jab to the right to the left side of Poole's face with the right hand of of Draymond. But you know, and a lot of people were comparing. You know, we all watched the Last Dance during the pandemic. There's the famous Michael Jordan punch Steve Kerr thing. But it's like, well, listen. First of all, that was 30 years ago. Second of all, Draymond Green and Michael I was Jordan. Just gonna say you want to compare the players right? first. Um. I don't know what this does to that team. I really don't. Um, Dream you know, is taking some time away. Yeah, and um, it could be a lengthy time away. I think that, um, you know, Jordan Poole from Milwaukee played at Michigan. Um, really good season last year. Really good playoff run. He's in line at the end of this year for a new contract, and he's going to get paid. Tyler Hero just got... 130 million over five years, I think. Pool's going to be not quite that much, but he's going to get probably 100 for five. They're paying a shitload for Curry. They're paying a shitload for Clay. They're paying a shitload for Wiggins. They got to pay Wiseman. They got to pay Looney. And at the end of this year, they got to pay Draymond. Could that be something going on with the money thing? That's a, that's a possibility. Um, but. I don't know, man. If if Draymond never played a game for Golden State again and got traded here in the next couple weeks, I would not be surprised at all. Um, You know, I probably was personally involved in more than five, less than ten, quote-unquote, practice fights, and I probably saw another 50. (laughs) Never did I see a punch thrown. You just, you just don't punch your teammate, right? Right. Like at the end of the day, the name on the jersey is the same. You're 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 all going towards the same goal, and I, you know, I played with plenty of guys I didn't like. I I know there were plenty of guys that I played with that didn't like each other. I mean, the worst thing I ever saw was a hilarious, flagrant elbow to the face of one of my high school teammates. I'll tell you who that was off air. But um, that's the worst I've ever seen. I've certainly never seen anybody throw a punch or even square up to throw a punch. It's usually pushing and shoving and shit talking, and then a couple people get in front of you or the coach pulls his authority out. i never seen anything like that. And, and as your boy Skip Bayless said the other day. Thank you for that. And as big of a Michael Jordan fan as he is, like he said, he goes, if I saw the video, I might feel different. Maybe it was as bad looking as that because this this stuff that we see on video now, man, it it changes everything because the original report before this video was leaked was an altercation. Well, that's a long way from what actually happened. Who threw a punch and was on the receiving end down in Chicago? Didn't this happen? Bobby Portis. Yes. Bobby Portis. Broke Miritich's face. Yes, Miritich. And that got brought up by some NBA reporters on Twitter, and Bobby wasn't having it. And he said, um, 
you don't know what you're talking about, what led up to all of that, and keep keep my name out of your mouth, basically. He, okay. he didn't want to be a part of that. So, And, again, there's no video. So, you know, somebody brought up the Ray Rice thing. Yeah, you know, Ray Rice, yeah, maybe he should oh, get two yeah. games. And then you see the video, they, and you're oh, like, that guy can't play football No. Anymore. And a lot of people are feeling the same way about Draymond. Like, hey, man, you, you can't. No. Can't. No, no work. And granted, I hate comparing our job to a professional athlete because it ain't the same, but HR is HR. And if a coach for the Celtics can't have a consensual affair with an employee without getting suspended, I don't know how you're running around punching your teammates, right? Okay. We didn't even talk about nope. that. We'll leave that it's one for not another on the same day. Plane, but, but you're right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what you. Okay. All right, um, we'll close it up with a little high school and whitewater stuff. You and I were talking about football uh, just before we started rolling, and I can't even believe it's the last week of the regular season for high school football. Crazy, man. Go fast. With sports has projections. Travis Wilson's really good at at predicting how things are going to play out, and he nails, I don't know what percentage of teams that make the playoffs. The list he has right out now lists the five or six criteria of which a high school football team is eligible for the playoffs. You need to be automatic to get in, have an over 500 conference record. You need to be 4-3. and three. The realignment is such that now every conference has the same number of teams. You play seven conference games. You need to be 4-3. and three. There's not going to be that many teams to fill all the spots for the brackets that are 4-3. and three. Then you go to 3-4. and four. And then comes all the calculations of who you played, what was your winning margin, how good were they, did they lose, did they win, Uh, all that kind of stuff, and that's all in the criteria. Nowhere in there, and I was talking about this with somebody at work, nowhere in there in the criteria factored in is your non-conference victories. So in essence, those are exhibition games. Huh, interesting. If they don't count for anything towards the postseason, why do we care who we play and whether we win? Right. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. All it says is we got a winning record. So if you're like a Craig or a Parker, you're just as well to play Evansville and Edgerton as you are to play Wauwatosa and Milwaukee Marquette. Correct. <laughs> it honestly huh. doesn't matter. There's nowhere in there that non-conference games is a factor. Huh. None. Interesting. So Parker and Craig going into the final week, they're both 3-3. Three and three. Parker goes up to play Madison LaFollette. Terrible. Parker should win. Parker should win handily. Might be a running clock. Craig plays Madison Memorial. Craig just got whacked by Verona. Thought they could play with them. Craig didn't play that well. Parker was owning Madison Memorial until a fumble late in the first half, and then that pendulum kind of swung, and Parker could never get the momentum back. If Craig can play well, it's at home, it's at homecoming. Their season's on the line. Mm -hmm. I think they can win. Madison Memorial was very unimpressive. Um, they lost to Verona. They lost to Middleton. They've beaten everybody else. Beat all the crappy Madison schools, basically. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, I want to pick Craig. I want to say that that Schaffner can get it done with everybody else in the last, you know, in, in such the big circumstances, being at home senior night, the big pageantry and hoopla yeah. and show up and, hey, here we go. Because I also just don't think Madison Memorial's that good. Nobody from the Big 8 is going to do anything in the playoffs. The Big 8 is very unremarkable. Well, with this, no Sun Prairie, yeah. But Middleton is very, we didn't see him. They blew out both Craig and Parker. Uh, I can't remember what the score was with Verona or Madison Memorial, but it was very unremarkable. Um, 
I'll be curious to see. They're also doing... Clinton should get in. They should have a winning record. I'm just looking at area teams. He's projecting Milton to get in with a losing 3-4 and four record. I'm not sure Milton's that good. Edgerton to get in. Not that good. Uh, and Broadhead Judah to get in. Might be pretty good as well. So they're doing this year. One of the f- most fun things was waiting until the wee hours on Friday to learn the qualifying list. And then up until midnight or 1 a.m., you hit refresh, refresh like we did with last year in the basketball mm-hmm. thing. All of a sudden, the brackets are there, and everybody's tweeting and texting and calling and whatever. And it it was all a lot of fun because it all happened Friday night after the games. You get done with the game, you start watching sure. for stuff. Sure, They've now figured out a way to take the drama out of it and monetize it and make it into a playoff reveal show on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on Bally's. Oh, wow. Huh. Well, yeah. I mean, it's that, that'd be kind of cool, I guess, if you're a high school kid. But Who do you think doesn't like this? The coaches. All the old school guys hate it. Yeah. Because they want to know Friday night because they want to start practice. They want to start prepping for this stuff. Right, right. But instead, you literally have to wait. You until, lose a half a day of prep time, basically. Right. Watching yeah. film, knowing who the opponent is, reaching out to ADs and coaches. Do you have film on this? Whatever. Going to huddle and all that stuff. Um. But so that's the that's the big thing. You're not going to know until Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Hmm. And we've seen the playoff reveal shows that the WIA tried to well, do. Well, yeah, the one they did online was kind of a mess. The YouTube link. We were here. Yeah, hitting refresh for you, how you long? You left. Remember that? You left and went home. <laughs> so I hope it's better than that. It's televised now, so I would think it would yeah, be. Yeah. I'm wondering if advanced stuff is going to leak. Or it's going to be other lock and key until it hits the TV. Not everybody gets Bally's anymore, too. I mean, I guess the the Saturday morning thing could be kind of cool because you could get the you could get the team together at somebody's house or you, whatever. You, you, you get know. the NCAA yes, selection exactly. show type atmosphere. Yep. yep. But you get and a team together. You, you may want to push that maybe to like noon. Give the kids a little more time in the morning to kind of team breakfast, wake up and kind of get their I, thing together. I but. guess. So that's the way that's going to be. I think Par- Parker's going to make the playoffs. Milton, it sounds like, is going to make the playoffs. I hope Craig does. But um, no, none of them will have a home game, correct, in I the playoffs? No. They'll all be on the I road? No. Nope. So we'll have to go on the road, and it and it doesn't look like everybody in the area is going to fare very well either. Parker but and Craig typically in that situation go east. Go, yeah, must go, east. go right. something like that. So we'll see how that goes. Um but, yeah, so that's that's the end of the high school football season uh, that is coming up. Whitewater was is really doing spectacularly. They had a great shootout with lacrosse to open up the conference season. It was unbelievable back and forth. Field goal with three seconds to go. It was, un, it was unbelievable up there. Um, lacrosse is a good team. They went up, didn't play their best against Eau Claire. Cool stadium, cool venue at this Carson Park. You're right on top of the field. It's very easy to see. The band for Eau Claire has 450 members. Wow. And the, what? the stadium is such as the sidelines are not very big before the stands start. Okay? Yeah, sure. So you're right on top of the field, and then you're right on top of the stands. So, I mean, the players' backs are right against the railing, and the fans are right there. They put the band in the stands right behind the Whitewater bench. Uh. And they're a Michigan-type band. They're playing during the game. Sure. So they're blaring their music right down on the bench. 
which is genius as an opponent to do. But they, I kind of went on a little bit of a little crazy rant when we finished up halftime because the band comes on the field, it takes up the whole field. (laughs) It's all full. Like, you think the Wisconsin and the Ohio State thing and the interweaving and whatever, there's so many pieces. There's cheerleaders, there's palms, there's everybody all doing their routine. It's There's an extra five minutes tacked on so they can do their thing. They get all the way to the sideline and finish. People grab their seat backs, their towels, and their coats. They're out. The band is out or just people? The fans. Oh. Half the stadium leaves. Wow. So there's nobody left to watch the game. I think it was a seven-point game at halftime. It was a game. Everybody left. Hmm. Coach went to do his usual run to the pisser at halftime during his interview and gets a soda at the concession stand. He came back. He said, Josh, there was nobody back there (laughs) because everybody stayed in the stands to watch the band. Wow. Because this is that big a deal at Eau Claire. So it's like on the nights when we have the little kids come to do the basketball game yes. at halftime and all the parents come and at halftime half the, half the gym's empty. It's exactly <laughs> what it is. And the band stays and they keep playing, so it's not like they go home with yeah. their parents or whatever. So if the parents are there to see the band, they, they just want to see the halftime routine and then they're out. That's funny what you say about the band, though, putting them behind Whitewater. That reminds me of... My my last game in high school in the sectional final, we went over to Racine and played. And weren't you in front of the student they, section? They put their student section behind our bench and our student section across from us. They didn't get the same treatment on the other I side. I bet not. Yeah, but that to it's, me, hey man, yeah. I mean, if you like can do pink, it, pink locker room in Iowa. You, you know can, what yeah, I mean? That's you can do it. Just the little things. It is what it is. Um, but Whitewater has a Friday night game this week against Oshkosh. Oshkosh lost a tight one. I believe it was to River Falls. Um, so they're going to come in pretty pissed. Um, but this is a big fireworks thing. It's family night and whatever. So and Whitewater only gets four games. This is only their second home game in six weeks. So wow. um, so we're doing a Friday night game. We're going to do that on the hog. CLOs, Bear, and, and our sales guy, Lisker, are going to do the, do the high school game, and then we'll be on next week for the playoffs. But, um, again, the WIC is just you get a, break, a little bit of a break. We go to Platteville next week. Um, but we, I thought there was going to get a break with Eau Claire, and Eau Claire came to play. So it's fucking gauntlet, um, dude. It I, I, really dude, is. I told people that when I was in it, and it's the same way with football, man. It's gauntlet. It, I mean, it really. You is. win that league, you're one of the best teams. in the You're country. legit. And yeah. to me, because I talked to Coach Bullis, they keep adding conferences and automatic bids like they do in the NCAA basketball mm-hmm. tournament. But the consensus really is that a lot of these conferences, a lot of these teams. They don't no. belong in this tournament. Yeah, that's the problem with So the you D3 shut level. out a lot of the teams that don't win their conferences but are still really good. The third place WEAC team that goes 5-2 and two in the league and they're 8-2 and two overall gets pushed out because some shitbag team in New York Correct. wins their crappy league. But yet people from around the country are tired of hearing about the WEAC. Yep. You know what I mean? Sure, so like sure. right now there are four teams ranked in the top 25 in the WEAC. If you don't win the league, maybe one other team gets one of four or five like yeah, at-large spots. Yeah. You're not going to give them all to the WEAC, but there's going to be teams that are ranked in the top 25, and there are more than 25 teams in the bracket. They're not going to get to play. Lived it, brother. That sucks. I, li- I lived it, man. It's It sucks. It, it sucks, man. It's the, it's, the, it's the worst part about the D3 tournament experience. I mean... My sophomore year, I think we were we were twenty one and seven, won the league, lost in the conference championship game, were ranked like fifteenth in the country and didn't make the tournament. That's ridiculous. Yep. yep. 
So there, there's a lot more on the line with every game than I think people realize. Now, Whitewater, I think, no matter how the WEAC season goes, has a really good resume with a win over Mary Harden Baylor. They For beat sure. lacrosse on the road, all that stuff. I'm not really worried about that, but you still got to go out and take care of business and not leave that to chance mm-hmm. just by the way things function that way. So, And then finally, we just started working on our high school hoop schedule. You texted me the other day. Whew, a lot of and, games, uh, baby. A lot of games. We're going to try to reduce our, our number just because this Whitewater thing is – is really, really exhausting. I mean, this trip to Menominee to Stout in a couple of weeks is just going to be exhausting. River Falls, luckily we get them at home, but we already made so many trips, and it's just like, I'm pooped by the well, time we get to basketball season, and whitewater season is going to overlap that. Yeah. Well, it's, we may just have to kind of take it slow here in 2022, and after the first of the year, we maybe can ramp hit, you know, up a little bit. You'll give yourself a little bit of a break where maybe instead of those three and four game weeks we knock it down to a couple one, one or two. twos you know yeah. try to stay in town if we right, can for sure but that's uh but we got to do it man because i know that stuff is fun though people people like for some reason they like us <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know i don't know what's well, in the water around here that no, people like our well, shit but we must do uh we must do an okay I, job I, I mean we're still employed they're still asking us to do games so most, you know, they know I'm a jackass. They ask me how you are. I say, well, he sits next to me, so he can't be much better. I put up with, <laughs> I put up with Dan. That's about how that much, go. that much works. But wow, minute for an hour and forty eight. Is that the that longest be one the, that we that, have? That might be a record. But you know, two weeks we had a lot to a cover. Lot of stuff. So thank you for. Uh, I got to pee bad. So let's lasted, wrap this all right, up. Let's go. If you've lasted this long, <laughs> thank you. Uh, appreciate you downloading. Uh, please subscribe, and of course, tell your friends. And uh, hopefully we'll be here next week. But at this point and our track record, who knows? We'll do our best. We hope to. Until then, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. We will talk to you next time, whenever that is. Come on, Bears. you got to beat the Redskins. <laughs> Come on.